0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and today I have two very special guests with me, Troy and Kathleen Billings, who wrote Simply Love uh, Catholic marriage day by day. It's a daily devotional published by OSV. And I'm super excited to have this conversation with them. I met them a few years ago at the momentum conference in 2021, uh, in Chicago. And I met them there. They came up to the awaken booth and they introduced themselves. They told me they were working on this book. And I was like, Hey, when you guys finish the book, you should totally come on my show. And here we are a couple (laughs) of years later, (laughs) the book is out and you're on my show. You traveled out here with your kids. Your kids are hanging out over there in the lounge area. Um, guys, welcome to the Awakened Catholic Show. Thank Thanks, you. Nick. Thanks for having us. I am yeah. super excited to have this conversation. Marriage is a major passion of mine. And as I get, as I dove into your devotional, um, you know, sometimes devotionals are kind of a letdown to me. And this was just beautiful. I, Thank I, you. I told my wife, actually, I was like, babe, this is actually good stuff. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have this conversation, to get to know you guys, talk about your book and what you're doing from a ministry standpoint in general. All of that is coming up right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and this is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show, unless she's a really, really cool grandmother. All right, Troy and Kathleen, welcome. The awakened catholic show this has been a couple years in the making i don't even know how 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 long did it take to write this book
1: <laughs> well we wrote it twice but you wrote it uh, <laughs> twice We not get into that
0: five years yeah, yeah? start to finish yeah. start to finish <laughs> yeah. five years okay so um this is actually like i said uh, at the start of the show this is actually a really great devotional thank you and i wouldn't just say that to, to just anybody um and i really appreciate the care that was put into uh, and, and there's like a, a beautiful simplicity to the messages on each day. It's a small bit of a story from you guys. It's a small bit of, of a reflection on it. And then like a really simple prayer at the end that puts a bow on it. We're going to get into this book and what makes it so beautiful and how the origin story of the book is so wild. But before we do that, we just want to get to know the two of you. Um, I, I've gotten to know a little bit about your story from the research I did before we did this episode, but we need to, we need to bring your story. To the viewers and listeners because it is worth seeing slash hearing. So um, why don't we begin with you, Kathleen? Tell us about your spiritual journey um, leading up to uh, meeting this man in college, correct? Yes. Yes. We're okay. So college. before even meeting him, which is not when you guys, you know, really connected right. officially, yeah. how, what, what does it look yeah. like to be Kathleen up to that point?
1: Yeah. So so I grew up Catholic okay. um, in a very um, faithful home. I Went on a pilgrimage at a young age, age 14, and that had an incredible effect on my life. And so, over
0: where
1: did the, you go? Uh, Mejigoria. Okay. <laughs> and so, over the next few years, I really prayed about where God was leading me. I discerned religious life, married life, uh, ultimately decided to go to college and uh, major in theology. I started out at St. Mary's in South Bend, and Troy was at Notre Dame. So, that's how we met. Uh, But after two years at St. Mary's, I discerned the Lord was leading me to Franciscan University of Steubenville. So I finished up my degree there and majored in theology, did my senior thesis on the family as a domestic church. And it was around that time, yeah, that I was really discerning, okay, is the Lord calling me to religious life or to married life? And as I delve into the church's teachings on marriage and family life. I was like,
0: wow, this is
1: so amazing. so beautiful. People need to know this, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and just really felt through that, that God was calling me to marriage. So that was kind of my backdrop. Troy and I had met, like I said, at Notre Dame, we kind of lost contact and by the grace of God reunited several years later. So, uh, and you yeah. met in
0: the context of being paired up to dance together. Yes, or h- yes. how did that look?
1: <laughs> so so I actually minored in dance at St. Oh, Mary's. Oh yeah. Right. So I used to perform a lot, uh, dance, you mm-hmm. know, uh in Troy uh, Decided to take a class at St. Mary's. And uh, we were paired up for a Christmas dance, for a magical dinners Christmas dance. And uh, that's how we initially met, I got guests. But I did know some of his roommates from the previous year. He was actually in Rome uh, the first year I was at St. Mary's. So we didn't meet till my sophomore year. And I had gotten to know some of his roommates. And we actually had started up this little rosary group at Notre Dame and St. Mary's that's actually still going today, which is pretty oh, cool, wow. called Children of Mary. So like 30 years later, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> but we prayed the rosary in the dorm every night at 11 o'clock, and that was pretty cool. So when Troy and I met, I was like, oh, hey, you know, your your roommates and I uh, pray the rosary. We started this group, and um, he was not Catholic at the time, but God put him with all these amazing Catholic roommates, so he eventually did convert, and I was his sponsor. Um, But yeah, so we met my sophomore year. I guess it was your junior year, and we met dancing. So, Mm -hmm. But then our relationship grew over the next year a lot through praying the rosary together every mm. day in the dorm and
0: also yeah. he's super handsome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <there's laughs> that's
1: that. <applause>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so, great. Yeah.
0: awesome, Beautiful. So th- was that when you sponsored him then? Or was that? Yes.
1: Later? Yeah, it was then. So, okay. um, so we kind of dated. So you really got close. Yeah. So yeah. we, we actually, actually became, Oh, do you
2: mind if I share yeah, story? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll just kind of jump in. Yeah. Um, so, so I was raised Episcopalian. And um, my uncle had gone to Notre Dame, a big, big draw to go there. And when I went to school, and she's kind of giving you a lot of the backdrop, but I really had a beautiful conversion experience my Mm. junior year in college to become Catholic. And um, literally for me, it was love at first sight with my wife. Um, But, you know, we were just good friends at the time. And I always knew, I said, you know what, Lord, if I'm never called to be married to her, at least spiritually, I want to be united. And so I asked her to be my sponsor. -hmm. And so she's my sponsor in the church. That's so cool. Thank you.
0: And then, yeah, you you kind of married your godmother. (laughs) 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 I never thought of it that way. But (laughs) But
1: what's kind of cool is he was actually supposed to be brought into the church at a church in South Bend, Indiana, but the last minute, somebody anonymously sponsored a trip uh, to sponsored him to go on a trip to Rome with a group. Wow. of from opus day that was going that oh, wow. year and so i actually didn't get to be there when he became catholic because nobody sponsored me <laughs>
0: gotcha. but he
1: was able to go which was really awesome so he was brought into the church in rome yeah and um
0: yeah so are you so, are you a fan of saint jose Maria escriva i'm very much a fan oh my yes. gosh yes. uh, what a g yeah. that yeah. dude is He's awesome amazing yeah um, his book, The Way, yes, is so oh, I good. love that. That was Beautiful. really early in my coming back to faith. Like that really helped me to build a new foundation for being a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, highly recommend. It's a great yeah. book.
1: It sits on our cocktail table, actually. Okay, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a little book, yeah, a little green so book. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so Troy, yes, Episcopalian. Uh, what was it like? Like, at what point did you begin to be open to Catholicism? Yeah. In that? So, um.
2: Really, even my freshman year, I was open to it. You know, I I went to all the masses because mass was in every dorm and, of course, throughout the campus. Um, You know, because I wasn't Catholic, I I didn't take the Eucharist, but just participated in the liturgy. And really, I just kind of kept my heart open. Mm. And it was the first semester junior year when I was asked to go on a silent retreat with Opus Dei. Uh, My college roommate had invited me to go, and I went. And, you know, I was even open at that point to praying the rosary. Wow. Um, You know, albeit I really admittedly didn't know how to do it and really what the rosary was all about, but I was open to praying it. And as I prayed the rosary, I had this very powerful conversion experience where, you know, I had these uncontrollable tears of joy. Wow. And, you know, the best analogy I can give is if a person, you know, had like a wet finger and stuck it in a socket, you'd feel this electrical vibe. I actually felt that. And, you know, I I had this, um, uh, say this, this calling to become Catholic. And at that time I had some, some deep questions on my heart. um, But, but one of them, you know, God answered for me and it sort of led me to continuing my friendship with Kathleen. And then the second semester of my junior year for 12 Sundays in a row during uh, transubstantiation at each of the masses I had, again, sort of this reawakening of these beautiful tears of joy that just came my way and a reaffirmation that I was called to become Catholic. And then as Kathleen shared, you know, I would have been brought into church in South Bend, Indiana, and then, thanks be to God, had that opportunity brought into church in Rome.
0: Wow, so, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can attest, I can, I can affirm what you're talking about with that, that feeling of putting a wet finger yeah. into a socket um that that literal physical sensation i've i've told the story many times of my first big uh confession Mm -hmm. after my reversion to faith when i just knew i need saving and i gotta i gotta deal with this um and i laid it all out and, and i had this really powerful confession years of just gunk and mire that i just like unleashed and unloaded onto this poor priest who didn't see didn't see any of that coming um but like i've told when i tell the story i explain a very similar sensation at the moment of absolution mm-hmm. where I felt like this electricity and, and almost like I was lifting off the ground. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's real stuff. I mean, is, there's yeah. real power uh, when you're experiencing that praying the rosary and you're experiencing that at the transubstantiation and I'm experiencing that in that absolution. Now it's never happened for me again since that moment, mm-hmm. but there was something like, like cosmically powerful happening yeah. in me in that moment. And I think, a lot of it has to do with what degree to which we avail ourselves to the lord right you know so often we we enter into these sacraments we enter into these experiences we enter into prayer like kind of keeping a little bit of arm's length just just a little bit of distance because it's a, we, we can't be quite that vulnerable If if i lean into this too much and i'm disappointed then that's on god but if i if i allow myself to keep a little bit of separation and i'm disappointed then it might not be God's fault, you know. It right. might, so it, there's like this boundary that we keep with God sometimes, rather than mm-hmm. just totally opening up right. and just being like, "Lord, whatever, whatever you want to do." Like, right. yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. That so that's, that's, right. that's a beautiful. That's a beautiful testimony. Thank, Thank you, for you, that Troy. Thank yeah. You. Okay. And then, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, you both end up marrying other people.
1: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. would
0: later come to the conclusion. That was a mistake, right. um, which is evidenced in the fact that those marriages were annulled. Mm-hmm. So uh, could you share whatever you're comfortable sharing? I would sure. love for our listeners, because people, sure. you know, I was sharing you, with you before the show. I used to run the Office of Marriage and Family Life. Uh, there are so many people that experience so much anguish and so much trauma even in their marriages. And one of the biggest things that I have witnessed and observed in, in the work that I've done in that area is the isolation that people feel. They feel like they're on an island, feel like you know, they are weird because they're Catholic and there's, there's something wrong in their marriage. Like they're, They are lesser yeah. and, and there aren't other people experiencing what they're experiencing. And that, that isolation, one of our, our tenets is to be as authentic as we possibly can in our sure. ministry at Awaken. Whatever you can and are comfortable to share so that you might help a viewer or a listener that might connect with your story would be amazing. Sure. Do uh, you want to start Kathleen?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, so as I shared, you know, I, um, graduated college with this degree in theology. I was so excited to serve the church and the capacity, especially in, in ministering to marriage and, you know, um, family life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I started working for the church and, uh, at a parish in Virginia, I met a young man there and we, um, we were married about a year later. He was really into his faith and, um, sadly though, there was some, you know, issues that weren't revealed to me, uh, before we were married, we were married seven years. So our two oldest children, uh, Trey adopted, but they were from my first marriage, Joseph and Gemma. And then we also had a, a baby, uh, Dominic Fulton that died of SIDS when he was four and a half months old. So we had three children together. We were married for seven years, um, wonderful man, but had some serious issues that, uh, were not dealt with previously, were not, you know, um, I was not made aware of prior to marriage that were grounds for annulment. And Mm -hmm. after a lot of counseling, a lot of spiritual direction, a very wise priest said to me that I was seeing for spiritual direction with the community of St. John, uh, you know, sometimes it takes more courage to get out of a situation than to stay in it. Mm -hmm. And it was just heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching for me because I'm like, not only was this, against everything that i felt was right you know in a sense it, it my career my life right you know this is i work for the church right. you know so i was like what are you doing god i don't understand like i had this great passion to serve you in this capacity and and how, how could this be part of your plan right sometimes it's so confusing how god is working but we have to trust right that's mm. when you just like you said whoops as i jumped <laughs> the microphone here just give it all to god yeah. right like you know lord i want to be used by you i want to serve you i want to do your will um what are you calling me to right so so after a lot a lot of prayer and consulting um with very holy priests uh you know i made the decision that you know and that i had an annulable case um sadly went through the divorce and eventually he gave up uh rights to the children um wow. and um so i pray for pray for him every day but but ironically, like this was before social media, this was before even really email, right? Troy and I had lost contact for about maybe 10 years. 10 years yeah. Uh, but I always sent out a Christmas newsletter, right? You remember the time where people would like, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe you're I younger than us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I've I never sent, done it. Yeah, but... <laughs> so, well, I used to always do it. So um, so I he always was on my mailing list. So I did send this Christmas newsletter every year. So he got that that year and, um, you know, unbeknownst to both of us, we have been living very parallel lives. And yeah. he reached out to me. It was like February of, I forget, maybe 2004. And it was right after I had kind of gone through all this. And uh, he said, hey, you know, how are you doing? He left me a voicemail, and I called him back maybe a few months later. By the time we finally connected on the phone and had a conversation, he was in Minnesota at the time I was in Illinois, And we realized that we had gone through very similar situations. He was married once before, um, and— mm-hmm. And and
2: the young lady to whom I was married had similar issues, yeah. you know, um, okay. very finding lady and I, and I pray for her daily as well, but yeah. she had similar issues and really just, just as she shared, unbeknownst to both of us, we were living literally parallel tracks. Yeah. And when I had gotten her Christmas newsletter, um, a- again, because she knew my roommates from college really well, you know, obviously I, I liked her just as, as a dear friend and she was my sponsor in the church, but you know, I called her kind of and I'll just say the holy spirit prompted it but it was just kind of out of the blue mm-hmm. and I called her because she was a, a good friend from college and right. just checking in to see how she was doing mm-hmm. and you know um you know left her the voicemail she called back was it like 6 weeks later or something yeah. like that? a little while later she called back and when she did you know, I started sharing kind of what was going on in my life, and then, you know, literally, as she's listening, she's
1: like, "Well, you're not going to believe this, but you know," and <laughs> and that
2: so really crazy. just started yeah. the reconnection. So yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So after about a year and a half of just kind of talking on the phone, we decided to meet up, and we both were working on our annulments at the time. We both got our annulments and were married, well, engaged, and then married in the church June 9th of. 2006. (laughs) And we're blessed to have three children together. We have four more in heaven. Trey adopted the two children from my first marriage. They were still young. And uh, our daughter actually just got married about six weeks ago, our daughter Gemma. So that's pretty exciting for us. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So it's beautiful to see how God took a very broken situation, Mm. has made something very beautiful of it. But we knew when the Lord brought us together, like we had to use what, He allowed us to go through the suffering, right? Our our greatest suffering offering often is the platform for our greatest calling in life. Oh, yes. You know, and I think a lot of people could speak to that, right? If you allow God, right? If you allow God to work through that suffering for a greater good. So we knew that we had to allow God to use what we had gone through to minister to other people. Mm -hmm. And so we started by just going to Holy Hour together every week. And we've continued that for 17 years of marriage, which I think is really the glue Uh, that has kept us together, but we decided not to do any type of like formal ministry for the first two years of our marriage. But after two years, we felt called to start a marriage ministry at our parish. And so that kind of um, was our first big thing that we kind of did together, you know, marriage wise. And then it just kind of expounded from there, you know.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how easy it is to be kind of not not to be a Debbie downer but like the circumstances you were both faced with that made for those first marriages to be annullable, right um, where you marry someone and there's just this whole world of stuff you don't know about going right, into right, it I, I have right. a, a relative in South Florida that uh, she's uh, close to my age she's a little younger she got married to a man that completely unbeknownst to her had this second life where he was like this major drug lord mm. oh, wow. in south florida Ooh, wow. and she wow. had no clue wow going into it wow wow, you wow. Know? that's
1: devastating how yeah. does that even happen right, right. right. um
0: and right. so you know it's important for us because what you, you, you know it had it doesn't have to be that you accidentally marry a drug lord but like right. but because not <laughs> right. uh, not everything yeah. is as yeah. sensational yeah. right. i right. couldn't believe it when i heard yeah. that right. sure but there is this this um this real need for us to not look at someone's situation and and be too quick to judge it because we don't know what they're going through. Right. We we need to first and foremost show mercy mm-hmm. and compassion um, rather than judgment. Because it'd be really easy. Like I can only imagine for you with what you studied and what you were passionate about about the Catholic faith, what you wanted to, what capacity in which you wanted to serve the church, to then be in a marriage, right? That was like that. Like. Right. So right. we don't know what people are going through, right. and we need to just show mercy Absolutely. and compassion, and just be present to them as a yeah. person um, and 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 just be a shoulder to, for, for someone to cry on be be an right. ear for someone to to talk to um, and and I'm sharing also from my own experience because I was brought up in a very broken household, and you know like what you're talking about where like the the greatest sources of pain be, can become a platform that God uses to serve the church, serve the world, if we allow him to, right? Right. And so when I finally found healing, um, all of those wounds became ways that God was able to then multiply uh, his glory. Like theology of the body was a a major thing for me in my healing process because of my parents' divorce, because of my own addictions to pornography, because of my own womanizing and all this stuff and the ways that I had wounded other people and the ways that I'd wounded myself. And it was like God now is leveraging all of that right. for the good of the kingdom, sure. right. you know. And that That's can be awesome. true for all of us. So Absolutely. both of you come from a broken marital situation, and God brings both of you yeah. together in, right. in this powerful way. Um, and and even the way He brought you together initially to right. dance, right, 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 and right. and like marriage is a dance absolutely Uh, lots of analogies (laughs) in such a beautifully powerful way that god he's such a poet in the way that he brings all these things together he's always playing 5d chess and we're over here like (laughs) trying to figure it out as we go Yes, yes, that's so beautiful are you moving me now (laughs) yeah okay now before we get any further i think it's Mm -hmm. time for the kerygma speed round troy (laughs) kathleen are you guys ready we're ready okay first question who is jesus to you kathleen we'll go with you first
1: everything okay. uh, Jesus, really no Jesus yeah. is everything you know honestly since since I was a little girl like Jesus has been a very big part of my life I can't say that I had this defining moment where I left the church or came back I'm very blessed and very grateful that I was brought up in um, a good home my mom was a very faithful woman my parents did end up divorcing when I was 18 but but I was raised in a home of faith and because of that you know our family prayed together and I had a relationship, I've had a relationship with the Lord ever since I can remember. So my every action and thought is always thinking about, okay, what does God want me to do next? Or, you know, something that can often be heard coming out of my mouth in our home is, if it's God's will, right? You know, um, you know, mom, are we going to do that? You know, God willing, you know, we'll do that. I really strive in my life to do God's will and to let him you know, orchestrate every aspect of my life. I fail lots. <laughs> we all do, right? You know, but but Jesus is definitely the center of my life. That's and beautiful. And I love him so, awesome. so much. So,
0: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Troy? Yeah.
2: Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And sacrifice comes from the Latin, which means to make holy. And the reason I share that with everyone is because we are called, I am called, as a husband and a father, to strive to die to myself daily mm. on each and every act, right? And I'm definitely far from perfect. I definitely have times when I don't do that, but I have at the forefront of my mind to model my life or to strive to model it after a Christ, you know, death, resurrection, you know crucifixion and the fact that he sacrificed himself for all of humanity so he's everything as kathleen just shared and he is the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate role model
0: that's beautiful mm-hmm. i love that yeah okay mm-hmm. second question <laughs> yes elevator pitch for a life with jesus troy you first on this one mm-hmm. elevator pitch for life for jesus um
2: jesus is my lord and savior um he is the only reason we're here. We are called to let our light shine before men and women, mm-hmm. that you know God may see our good works and glorify him, and people may see our good works and glorify him in heaven. That's the elevator pitch, is do everything for God and let uh, your love for God shine through. Also, enthusiasm comes from the Greek, which means God within. So be enthusiastic in life and let let your light shine.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Beautiful. Kathleen, same question. Elevator pitch.
1: God has a special plan for each one of us. And I feel like when we give our lives to God and we allow him to work in and through us, that that plan is revealed, right? Each one of us is made and created for a specific purpose. And that's such an exciting thing to think, okay, God created me, Kathleen. For a special purpose and just discovering what that is in my life is super exciting and um also there's just such a deep love for god and knowing like that he created me for this mm. specific purpose if that makes sense
0: yeah, yeah. beautiful okay <laughs> yes. final question of the kerygma speed round <laughs> elevator pitch for life specifically as a catholic kathleen
1: the Catholic faith is so awesome. You know, it, um, it's a guidepost really, right? You know, when you really deep dive into what the church teaches about life in general and how we are called to live our lives, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And it's exciting, right? Like God has this incredible plan, like I was talking about, but the church gives us guidelines, right? It's not to restrict us, it's actually to free us to do what God created us to do. Mm -hmm. So I love my Catholic faith. It like, it permeates every aspect of my life and it's exciting, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about kind of being, I think you called it like a Catholic hot tub, right, (laughs) or something, right? You know, like, like there's just such a beauty, right? You can go anywhere in the world to mass and like feel at home mm-hmm. right and you meet another catholic like we met this awesome couple at the hotel when we checked in at like 11 30 last night and our daughter has a miraculous medal on i actually found it i'll Three of our five members of our family that were at the hotel last night all had Catholic t-shirts on. We didn't really realize that till, <laughs> till <laughs> this happened, right? You know, but they noticed that, right? And so we started talking to them. We had this awesome conversation. It ends up they live in Georgia. We're going to get together with them. But that's the beauty of our faith, mm-hmm. right? Like you meet people and you can immediately feel this yeah. connection, yes. you know, because you're both on the same page, right? Of what you're striving to do with your life and how yeah. you're trying to live and, um, you know the parameters you're you're putting around your life. You yeah, know, so yeah, it's like a worldwide family. Yeah, it is. a little family. more, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little more than that. elevator pitch. No, 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 it's good. It's good.
2: <laughs> Some to say it's hard to top for elevator pitch, but I'm, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to echo everything she said. It's a guidepost. You know the um, the canons of the church are there to help us to guide us in the way that Christ ultimately calls us to live. Mm-hmm. And the last word I'd give is fullness. I I believe it's the fullness of the faith. You know, it starts from Saint Peter first pope all yep. the way through. Amen. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Yes. Thank you both so much for
0: that. Mm-hmm. And Troy, you used the word canons. Yes. Now, some of our viewers, listeners, they might hear that and be like, canons? Like, they're attacking people? Like, oh, no. can you <laughs> break, break that down for us for a second? Sure.
2: sure. So so we, we have a, um, a a book called The Catechism. And, um, and, and, and for some of you viewers who either aren't familiar with the Catholic faith or maybe have um, a different perception of it, right? You've heard the word dogma and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to purposely use the word catechism and just think of it as, as a, a user's manual. I think mm-hmm. that's a great way to look at it. That it's a user's way. manual, yeah. you know? And in that user's manual are canons, which I'm going to equivalent to the word guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. And it just helps us, right? And we right. all know the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, Th- those are guidelines as well. Well, within the Catechism is is a I think fuller, more robust version yes. of those guidelines, those canons that help us to strive to live our faith fully for Christ. Yes, Amen.
0: Beautiful explanation. Thank no, you for thank that. You. And and viewer, listener, you might even recognize the term canon from the standpoint of the canon of Scripture, right? So those are the that's essentially right. the the bishops of the Church uh, in the fourth century saying, here are the guidelines of of what books and letters are from the Holy Spirit, are part of this canon, are part of this compilation of books that we're putting together. Uh, So yeah, beautiful, I love that. Okay, so um, going back to the story, not to shift gears emotionally here too much, but (laughs) um, going back to the story, so, so you've both gotten annulments, you both reconnect. You you're sending your your Christmas uh, uh, <laughs> card. Well, well, I, I was trying to come up with a creative way of referring uh, to like uh, an old fashioned blog. Yeah, it was like, a letter. <laughs> a letter. Just saying. <laughs> okay, Christmas letter to to uh-huh. your your followers. Yes. Um, and and he receives that. You get in touch with her. You mm-hmm. wouldn't you won't, and and you won't believe this. Oh my gosh! Wow, we're, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Okay, so you reconnect. You end up getting married. What does it look like? Um, I. Take us through a little bit of that journey of like trepidatiously, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, re-entering um, marriage, having gone through this wound of, of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And I'd love to go first. Sure, please, that. please. So yeah. First, thing I want to say is I am so grateful, and I could not be more thankful to God for the gift of my wife, Kathleen. Oh, I
0: thought you were going to say for me.
2: And for, <laughs> and for you, Nick. As I'm well. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and honestly, I did not feel any trepidation. So I, I've loved her since the day I met her in college oh, and, that's awesome. you, you know, and, and we have been good friends really since day one. And, um, you know, Gemma and Joseph, her, her first two from her first marriage, you know, I always said it was a package deal <laughs> yeah. and, and, and honestly, the best package deal I could have ever hoped for wow. because Joseph and Gemma, who I love deeply now, I loved him then as, as cute little you know children as well. And, um, you know, when we first came back together, uh, and I'll just share this one story. So Joseph was eight, six, actually, Joseph was six. Gemma was two at the time. And um, I was, and this was when we first reunited before we got married. Uh, And I'll forward to your question. Uh, Joseph said to me, and just looked me in the eyes and said, will you be my daddy? Oh, and and, and yeah. it just tugged at my heart. Mm-hmm. And it really, that planted the seed for just rekindling that love I had for, for Kathleen. And so wow. after we got married, um, I would say that for me, there was no trepidation. We focused that first couple of years, really, on not getting over-involved in, you know, anything outside of just our marriage yes. and building our family together. We wanted yeah. that strong foundation. And the only thing we committed to was that, you know, weekly... Uh, you know, time going to adoration mm-hmm. um which we've again kept till present moment wow and, and and that has been our opportunity to just grow our faith you know yes. in front of our Lord
0: reminds so. me of that book uh three to get married yeah yeah attention fault machine that's also. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know because you're making when when you talk about incorporating adoration on a weekly schedule and and being faithful to that and and we all it life gets hard whatever mm-hmm. maybe there maybe there were once once or twice i don't know that that it was tough to fit that in but oh, maybe you yeah, did it i don't yeah, know yeah. but but like as a general principle to mm-hmm. commit to doing something like that where we're saying that part of this equation is god yeah. Yeah. right right, right. So it's that fulton sheen three to get married like we are not just two people entering this it's the right. two of us with god right. right um and that's that's a powerful message to send and You know, I'm making those caveats for maybe mistakes were made or whatever, only because from the viewer listener standpoint, it'd be really easy to see like, wow, they did weekly adoration they've done it faithfully for 20 years, whatever. Like, I'm never going to be that good. Like, well, I don't know. It's not about being perfect. It's about making a commitment and doing your best. And maybe maybe you trip and fall. Maybe there's a week that it gets away from you. But don't just give up on it. Right. Don't just throw your hands up and say, yeah. that's no longer part of our, what. no, right, no, no. Right. And and maybe it isn't adoration necessarily for you. Maybe it's daily mass. Maybe it's the rosary every right, night, right. whatever it is. Like make those commitments and don't be discouraged when it doesn't go well. Just keep fighting for your marriage. Absolutely. Keep fighting for your relationship with God. So, yeah, right. that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that you shared all of that. Yeah. Thank oh, you so thank much, you. Troy. Yeah. Kathleen.
1: Yeah. So with adoration, absolutely. There's been weeks we've missed, of course, you know, um, but. It's been helpful that we actually committed to a time with our church, right? Like our time has been 9 to 10, our whole marriage. Mm -hmm. And we recently moved three years ago from Chicago to um, South Carolina. And one of the first things Troy did was sign us up for adoration. It was kind of cool because we ended up getting the same time, different night. But, But Troy used to travel a lot for work. He still does travel. But even... Um, when he was traveling a lot, it, we obviously couldn't go to adoration together most often. You know, he was right. gone on our adoration night. So he would really try to find like a local church, you know, and even if they didn't have perpetual adoration, he would just go and spend some time in prayer there. Once in a while, we were able to coordinate it, which was kind of cool. Like he'd be like, you know, and. Bolivia or something, and I'd be in Chicago, and we're like, okay, like you're in front of Jesus, I'm in front of Jesus. Oh. And it's like really a cool way to stay connected, absolutely. right? To think, wow, we're both in front of our Eucharistic Lord, but like thousands of miles apart. Yes. So that was kind of cool. But absolutely, you know, we, we, we've had many times where like we, one of us couldn't go or um, you know, kids are sick or whatever, but even when the kids were younger, we did get a babysitter for adoration because we really were like, if there's one thing we can be really faithful to, this is it, you know? Um, so I, I would encourage people to just, you know, find one thing that you feel like, okay, I can do this, right? You know, sometimes we're like, we're going to do this and this and this, and and then we don't do any of it because it's overwhelming, it's too mm-hmm. much, it's, um, you know, so that is the one thing that we've really chosen, like, okay, if we can really strive to at least do this every week or as often as we possibly can together that is going to be really fruitful for our marriage and it has wow. been you know yeah. So praise
0: god that's amazing yeah, <laughs> yeah what you said about um uh, visiting the blessed sacrament in two different places and realizing oh we're both in front of the lord it reminds me of there were periods of uh my relationship with alina before we were married where um for example there was a brief time that i lived in miami florida and she was here and we would talk on the phone and, and it was like, oh, we're both under the same moon because we're in the same hemisphere and <laughs> same time zone. But, um, you know, I think about that idea that we see like in romantic movies and stuff. Right. Oh, we're both under the same moon. How cool. Um, and, you know, when we're both looking at literally the same object, it's really easy to connect with this idea. But then I was thinking like there's such a deep theological thing to right. consider with that same ethos. But, right. but with what you're talking about with the blessed yeah. sacrament where it's like you know we think so geographically we think right. so um finitely right and and god is so much bigger than that yeah. and the blessed sacrament when i'm in front of it you, you know I, I it actually it kind of connects to when i've taught confirmation classes and i'm teaching on the holy sacrifice of the mass and just the magnitude of everything that's happening there i kind of refer to the mass as like uh uh sp- spiritual time and space travel mm-hmm. you know because in every mass we are put at the foot of the cross and when we're kneeling, we're kneeling before the sacrifice of the cross, you know? Right. So like a lot of Protestants will look at these ideas and think like, they're re-crucifying Jesus every time. It's like, no, 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 no. We are being transported spiritually to this time and space um, where our Lord was sacrificed and we're representing that mm-hmm. one sacrifice, right. Right? right? And it's just so beautiful how you can make that connection with the blessed sacrament. You're traveling God knows where in the world, you're home with the kids and you go to the, Adoration Chapel, and you have like this very real moment of connection. It isn't just a nice idea; like you're truly both within feet of the of infinity itself of the, right. of our Lord, right. the Creator of everything. Right. um That's just it's just yeah, no, it's powerful awesome. as crap. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. I just I was no, nerding out a little bit as you were. To, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really it's really powerful stuff, and I've taught on like you know when I'm consoling someone who's grieving, and and. Th- they're grieving someone who we have good reason to think is probably with our Lord in heaven or at least on, in purgatory on the way there. Um, you know, it's like w- when when we're grieving someone that, that has passed before us, um, if they're still part of the body of Christ, you know, even if it's in purgatory, like we're still connected to them through the Eucharist, right? right? When we re- receive the Eucharist, we're entering into communion with not only everyone in that room but also with anyone that's ever received the Eucharist in the past and also with anyone who will ever receive the Eucharist and also with anyone who is already in perfect union with God in heaven. And it's like, you start to see, you know, these, these communion uh, dynamics from a theological standpoint, it's just, it really, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just in this, you, you, you it's your guys' fault. You took me there with your beautiful <laughs> blessed sacrament thing. Um, but I'm thinking about like when it comes to marriage and we see the, the, this beautiful um, uh, juxtaposition, or not juxtaposition, but these parallels between um, communion in marriage and our communion with God. And, mm-hmm. and from the theology of the body lens, you know, it's like you guys were having this, this connection with each other remotely, mm-hmm. but also through Jesus mm-hmm. right. in, in, in right. the flesh, in I the know. blessed sacrament. Right. Right. Um, yeah, there's just there's just a lot there and um just, just the mystery of two becoming of it all. one yes. and the sacrament and yes. the blessed
1: sacrament and yeah, it all is yeah, so the great mystery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. wow.
0: Okay. Um now one of the things about marriage that often gets confused and gets a little bit cloudy and is a bit divisive. We're we're about to break into it in the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. Troy, okay. Kathleen, are you guys ready? We're ready. Okay. Ethan, hit it.
2: Catholic Weird Stuff. I do, they do the things that they do. Let's learn
1: some Catholic Weird Stuff.
0: It's a Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your weekly Catholic Weird Stuff segment. I'm your host, Nick De La Torre. And today we are with Troy and Kathleen Billings. We are going to be broaching the tremendously difficult and divisive topic of contraception. <laughs> Yes, you heard it. I said it. Contraception. It's a very scary topic because uh, people feel a lot of ways about it. Now, I will tell you, it is the defining topic that when I heard a certain thing about it, which I will get into, it completely changed the course of my life. Um, you might think, Nick, how the heck did contraception as a topic completely change the course of your life? Well, for one thing, my parents didn't use it when they conceived me. That's pretty huge. Um, <laughs> but, but, but also, you know, uh, I was at a Christopher West event when I was in college, and he mentions contraception, and what he said about it, uh, was super annoying, uh, but it also completely changed the game. So before I get into what it was that Christopher said to me, you know, and the audience in college, Um, I would love to hear from you guys, because you brought this topic to the table for the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. Um, what is it about contraception that we're getting wrong?
1: Yeah, good question. So, so when you get married, right, um, it is Catholics, it's a sacrament. It's one of the seven sacraments. And in order for that sacrament to be valid, not only are you married, right, you know, um, before a priest, right? Or, or a deacon. Um, but for that sacrament to be, be valid, you have to consummate your marriage, right? You have to be unified in the sexual union. And that's what's kind of solidifies the deal, right? So in, in the sexual union has two aspects, right? It's procreative and unitive. So it's for the purpose of co-creating with God and bringing children into the world. But it's also to unify you in your marriage, right? There, there's two beautiful aspects of the sexual act. And when contraception comes into the picture, you're kind of basically taking God out of that equation saying, thanks God, but what we're going to leave you out of this aspect of our marriage, right? You know, because you're, you're basically taking the decision of whether children are going to be a part of that fruitful union or not um, and putting it in your own hands and taking it out of God's hands, right? And you might have very valid reasons where, like, you know, we can't afford kids now or, or emotionally we're not in the right spot or, or whatever, right? And the church allows for extreme circumstances that, you know, if you um, are not, you know, in a position to bring children into the world for whatever reason, um, that, you know, you can use natural family planning. You know, the Lord has allowed us as women to have cycles that, you know, we can study and know when we're fertile and when we're not fertile, right, you know, Um and and then you just avoid, right? You know, being together during that time. But that way you're not playing God in the sense of we're going to put something physically as an obstacle here um, to prevent children from coming into the picture at all. So so it logically makes sense, but also it's something so beautiful that that God's uniting the two of you, right? To mm. become one. Scripture talks about that. But that that's that's in that act, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and when we put contraception in there, it it removes God from the equation. And and that just has a whole downstream impact yeah. on your marriage, right? You yeah. know, and, and plays out in a lot of different ways. So that's just kind of a yeah. quick little... And
2: I'm going to share one more thing. And I think, again, Kathleen did a great job of sharing the faith and the theology. But I want to take it practical for a second, okay. all right? And let's just say it this way. Okay, contraception, okay, pro, you know, impedes the ability to have a child, right? Mm-hmm. And so if um, someone is saying, I, I can't afford it, or someone's saying, you know, um, I'm not ready for a child or I don't want a child, but I still want to have sex, okay, mm-hmm. um, they might want to choose to use contraception. Um, but not only are you going against, you know, what, what the natural law, you know, that that consummation of the act but also you're being selfish. You know, you are not mm-hmm. putting God first, you're putting your own special tendency first, okay? So let's say, hypothetically, that both the wife and the husband, or the man and the woman, both agree, I'm going to use contraception, okay? So on the surface, it might look like, you know, you're aligned, you're agreeing, we're all good to go, okay? But we all know how men's anatomy tends to work, right? We um, enjoy consumm- consummation, right? Sure do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and, and women at different times of the month enjoy it as well, mm-hmm. right? But maybe not quite as much. And I'll just say that as a generalization. Okay. As Probably generalization. the only time of month uh-huh. that's
0: comparable is when they're fertile. Right. Sure, right, sure. Yes, sure. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. So, but but when you when you think you have that alignment or you think you have that accord, Okay, the reality is over time, like anything, when we have too much quote unquote freedom, we begin to eat, whether it's knowing or unknowing, to abuse that freedom. It just simply happens. You know, if I go to a buffet and I pay $5 or $10 and I can have all I can eat, nine times out of 10, people overeat because there's just too much freedom. And there's not push right. and control. Right. And I'm purposely using that as an analogy, because my wife did a fantastic job of stating the, the theology. Oh okay. but I'm yeah. just talking about the practical, right? Which yeah. is that you know, even if you think there's an alignment, over time, you know, data and studies show, right, that we abuse that freedom, mm-hmm. and then that becomes the detriment to the sacrament of marriage, which again, is called to be uh, you know unitive, to be united as one. With the purpose of letting again your you know light shine before men yeah. and women, right?
0: I really appreciate that image because it it's really from a semantic standpoint, you' you're talking about freedom because you' there's a notion in society that freedom looks like me being able to do whatever I want right. whenever I want to as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. But any freedom that looks like that is fake freedom exactly. because it ultimately, enslaves you and is, you're a lot right. worse off for it. So let's right. say you go to a buffet, Golden Corral, whatever, <laughs> China buffet, we have yeah. a great one around the corner, uh-huh. wherever it is, but if you just go hog wild, if you just like go into town pounding as many courses and plates as possible, um, and I will tell you, I have been absolutely uh, guilty of of committing this sin, of of gluttony and, and just going too crazy. Um, it's a fake freedom because you get enslaved by by like this addiction this this vice of gluttony like i just need more i need more i need more you're never satisfied um, and what satisfaction actually looks like in the context of that gluttony is you feeling like crap afterwards. Right. Right. You don't know you're satisfied until you're like so bloated and, and you're having a food mm-hmm. coma. It's like, well, now I can't eat anymore. Like that's mm-hmm. what satisfaction right. looks like in right. that right. Co- freedom. Right. Right. No. Well,
1: and you're letting your passions control you yes. instead of being in control of your passions, right? That's you exactly know? So, where I was going to go with that. Yeah. 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 So,
0: so real freedom right. is in virtue, is in discipline. Because right. then it allows you to enjoy things in their proper place, in their proper right. order, and you can truly enjoy them right. without right. getting to the point of having a food coma, without getting to the point of of just feeling so bloated you have to unbutton your pants. You know, If you're getting so bloated from eating that you have to unbutton your pants, either you are allergic to some of the food you're eating <laughs> or you have a discipline problem right. because right. nobody needs to eat that much. Right. Right? right. And so right. – you know, that's kind of just a real practical indicator. Like maybe I'm approaching this whole eating thing in an unvirtuous way, in a, in, right. in a literal sense, vicious way. Right. Um, right. so, cause that's the opposite of, of being virtuous, being vicious. Right. So, uh, right. this, you know, when it, connecting this to contraception, this isn't about wagging a finger at anybody. This is really just about for your own introspection. Um, just consider that there is a better way, right? right. Do right. you feel completely and purely loved by your significant others. Right. Right. Others, I just added an S to that. You yeah. should only be with one significant other, my bad, yeah. your spouse, yeah. um, or as I like to call them, your spice. <laughs> uh, but do you, do you truly, if you're using contraception in the context of your marriage, do you, do you truly feel completely and purely loved Do you feel like you're completely able to be a self gift, make a gift of yourself to your spouse? Do you feel like your spouse is purely and completely making a gift of themselves for you? Um, You know, contraception is just inevitably a hindrance to any of those ideas if you're being really honest with yourself. Um, And so, you know, the use of natural family planning, uh, and, and even not using it just being right. totally open like right. th- it really introduces a different type of peace a different type of virtue and discipline that really elevates the relationship between you and your spouse and the relationship of your marriage with god and it's so be- it can be so beautiful and you might say to yourself hearing this like i've got a beautiful marriage now and we use contraception just imagine what it would be without it
1: right, if right, you think that now. Right.
0: Yeah? Right. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing that topic here. Oh, I did promise that I would say what Christopher West t- yeah, said that totally yeah. changed. Um, he literally just said in front of this huge audience that less than a century ago, every Christian denomination taught that it was inherently intrinsically evil to use artificial right, contraception. Right. Um, but that today the only church that still teaches that is the Catholic Church. Right. And he says, the reason is that when the church teaches that something is right and wrong, it always is that, and it cannot change right. because if something is true, it always is true. Right. And one of the things that took me away from faith was subjective truth. And so I was very much more interested in science and and philosophy because it, it addressed like objective realities, objective tr- truths that didn't just sway with the times, didn't sway with people's opinions. And then when he said that and how in 2000 years, The church has never once changed its teachings on anything. I was like, oh, well, I need to take another look at that. Yeah, yeah. Because of where I was morally, I was very annoyed by the whole contraception part of that. But what he was pointing at with this objective truth thing, that changed the game for me. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've done it. That was a great (laughs) Catholic (laughs) (laughs) Weird Stuff segment. (laughs) Tough topic, really tough topic, and and I would just encourage viewers, listeners, um, if this is something that you're wrestling with or that you're curious to learn more about, reach out to us, uh, and we would love to help you on that journey. Okay, so before we get to this, so do I understand correctly, you were writing a blog for the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops? Yes, yes. And it was on marriage? Yes, mm-hmm. it was okay, called,
1: called Two to Tango.
0: Two to Tango, that's a great <laughs> name. Derived from our dancing background. Oh my gosh, yeah. was it a tango? Was, uh well, well no we have dance yeah, to tango, tango but it wasn't <laughs> okay <laughs> that was just a cool clue. that is that is charming that cool i love the alliteration yeah. yeah it's great um okay so you're how long did you write that blog for three years okay three years and, and you're not doing it now no okay mm-hmm. was it because of writing that blog for the usccb that osv approached you to write this book
1: no actually um I could share the story yeah, with please. you. Yeah, so so one of the things we've done as a couple since early on in our marriage is at the beginning of each new year, we uh, go on a date night and we do planning for the year together. So we go to adoration first and we just kind of say, okay, Lord, show us what you want us to do this year with the skills, the gifts, the time, the money, the resources we have um, and help us to have a good planning evening, right? So we spend about an hour, hour and a half in adoration, then we usually go to a restaurant and... We used to bring notebooks, now we bring like our computers and we sit and we take notes and and kind of, you know, like do a planning session, right? You know, um, what are some goals we want to achieve this year um, for our marriage, individually, for our family. We even talk about like house projects all, you know, the whole gamut, right? Mm -hmm. It's a long evening. Um, Well, this one particular year, about I guess five years ago now, in adoration, this idea came to me to write a daily devotional for Catholic couples. So it just kind of came to me in prayer that night. And we had been writing for the USCCB at that point. Um, I also have a blog called Seasons of the Heart and Home, where um, I talk about just being a wife and a mother. So I'd been doing a lot of different writing for different publications and uh, had been a contributing author to a few books. So at any rate, this idea came that night. I shared it with Troy. He's like, oh, that's a cool idea, you know, so let's pray about it. I said so, it more enthusiastically Yes, than Yeah, that. yeah. Well, no, I mean, like. <laughs> it was like,
0: sure, honey. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at <laughs> all. No, no, he, he
1: thought it was a great idea. <laughs> that was idea. a great idea. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, let's take it to yeah. prayer, you know. So we did. So over the next few months, we prayed about it. I We did some research, like, hey, is there anything on the market like this? And. And ironically, there really actually was nothing out there, like a daily devotional. It, yeah, yeah, it really actually did surprise me. There's a lot of great Catholic resources on marriage, but there wasn't something that couples could sit down and do together each day to just have a little bit of marriage enrichment, right? To mm. help grow your marriage. Uh, so that coming summer, um, we I had an opportunity to pitch it to our Sunday visitor at a conference. And they liked the idea and decided, yes, we want to publish this. So over the next year, we um, co-wrote the book together, and then um, it was due in July of that was 2019, I yep. guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you want me to share the backdrop a little bit? About, I would love oh Yeah. To hear the so, <laughs> so a few months before we were done writing the book and before it was due to OSV, we started just experiencing spiritual warfare in like a way we had never experienced in our marriage. Just a ton of things happened, you know, that were just, when you put them all together, we knew clearly God had like a special plan for this well, book. Well, yeah, and that, I yeah. Was gonna say, like yeah. the
0: mistake you made was doing something that mattered. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> <here's this.
1: laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, so, so many things happen, but, um, but ultimately like the night before we went to submit the book, um, Troy actually had been traveling a lot during that time. And uh, he all of a sudden, actually three months before the book was due, started traveling to Costa Rica every week for his job. He was put on this huge project and it was such an honor and a great thing for his career, but it was really difficult on our marriage because we were like apart constantly. Mm. And so he was home for just like a short window every weekend and I am not good with technology. So I had this large document that, you know, he was sending me what he wrote. I was kind of compiling all of it. We went to go submit it to OSV and I'll let you take it from there. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So so we went
2: to submit it to OSV through the computer and we got the blue screen of death, right? So if anybody knows what that is, literally the laptop just turned blue, the screen, it locked up. um,
0: It's basically a big middle finger to the user. It's exactly what it is. And so when we rebooted
2: the computer, the document was gone. Um, There was like a ghost image on the desktop, but nothing behind it, just just a ghost image. Um, We meanwhile had also saved the full book in Microsoft OneDrive, so in the cloud on a server. So we had it backed up in two places, the hard drive locally, and then up in the server in the cloud. And uh, we went up to the server to find it and it wasn't there either. And so um, we have a dear friend who used to work in computer forensics for the government. Uh, He had some state-of-the-art software at his home and agreed to take our computer and, and take a look at it. So we gave him the laptop. He had it for about maybe 30 to 45 days, you know, running a whole bunch of different diagnostics. And this was all the latest technology. And he discovered that someone had written a malicious virus that only deleted on the laptop the book. Nothing else was targeted. Nothing else was gone from the laptop, but the book itself was gone. So that was virus number one. And then, as we understand it from um, the kind folks at Microsoft help, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when you delete a file from the server, it goes into the recycle bin and it sits for 30 days and you can recover it for up to 30 days. And then that 31st day and beyond, it's gone. Well, a second malicious code had been written that, you know, somehow targeted the book and the cloud uh, so that it went to the recycle bin and you could not recover it until the 31st day and beyond. Well, by that point, it's permanently deleted. So in each case, both of our um, documents were deleted. We had had a few of the days saved, um, say, let's say 25 days out of 365, right? Just a handful of days saved on flash drive. So we were able to use those as a storing mechanism, yeah. but we literally had to rewrite the book. Mm-hmm. So I'll turn it back to Kathleen. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. it
1: was, it was devastating. That would to be. That's exactly the word I was about to yeah. use. That would be yeah. devastating. Yeah, it was huge. And in a, a devotional is is typically more words than um, a typical book. You know, an average book is around forty thousand words. Um, the first go around, it was about a hundred thousand words, which would have been edited down to probably mm-hmm. about eighty thousand. You know, so so it was a lot. We lost a lot of content, and our Sunday visitor was very gracious and understanding. Um, But, you know, they let us rewrite the book. So it took then another two years before it, because then COVID hit, right? And there was (laughs) printing, you know, issues and supply issues with paper and yada, yada, right? Um, So it finally came out um, all in God's time in February of this year uh, on Valentine's Day. Day. It coincided with National Marriage (laughs) Week. Yeah. So... So, man, when God has a plan, you know, you just have to stay the course, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. we we definitely had a lot of things thrown at us along the way, but we just we knew like God wanted us to to write this book, and uh, and there wasn't yeah. like a
0: ransomware component to this where they like left a little text file saying, hey, here's a Bitcoin address that you can send money to there was no ransom There was nothing no, just completely no. gone. Because we experienced that yeah. where we uh, our entire server yeah. got hijacked here wow. at Awaken and in every single folder right. of the server there was a ransomware note. Wow. Send it wow. Bitcoin to this address to wow. get, recover your files. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean in fact, um, you know, our our friend who does who did the computer forensics, he encouraged us actually to take it, you know, to um, to pursue it. To pursue it with the police, you know. Or authorities, you know, but yeah. but you know, we really were like, do we do this? Do we not? You know, like, and we in the end chose not to do that. You know, but frankly,
0: that was probably smart because yeah. we tried that and it was a horrendous experience. Okay, okay. Uh, unless you yeah. go directly, unless you have a way to get directly to the FBI with it, because right. the police station has no idea what to do with yeah. Yeah. digital crime. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And it was it was laughable how incompetent right. they were to help yeah. right. us. Mm. Wow, that's too um, bad. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah wow that's yeah. it's so insane like when you're when you're doing something like that and you get those attacks it's like you, you have to you have a choice to make am right. i going to allow this to overcome us or right. are we going to overcome it and not right. allow the devil to win right, right. and right. that's that's a tough right. you know you would think that that's an easy decision to make but when you're faced with having lost years of work right. and having to reproduce that right right and even make that phone call to OSV, Yeah, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah, that was very difficult. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: yeah. That, yeah. That would be nerve-wracking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the reality is you're like, okay, I, you know, <laughs> right. I'm going to do this, you know. But um, and that definitely was our attitude of like, okay, you know, God still wants this. You know, we're not going to let mm-hmm. Satan win. We're going to keep going. But, but the reality was like, okay, now, you know, now we've got to do this all over again. And yeah. logistically, how's this going to look? And time-wise, you know, we had spent so many hours and paid babysitters. And, you know, like there's, there was a lot of money and time invested into just doing it the first time, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, and if I could say something else, and Please. that is nothing beats tenacity, mm-hmm. prayer, patience, right, and perseverance. And yeah. I share that because... God allowed this to happen and all glory all glory back to God. Amen. Thank you God, right? Amen. But you know, had we not been open to his will, the book may not have been published, right? Um and so we 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 took it to prayer. We gave it right back to God. We said, "God, what do you want us to do here?" And each time it came back to us, you know, we I want you to write this book. Wow. And you know, I I'm, I'm thankful I I married um, you know, not only a wonderful woman, but a very tenacious and a, and a hardworking and, a, and a, a full steam ahead kind of woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and and I bring that to our marriage as well. And so um, thanks be to God, we were able to put that together to rewrite the book.
1: And, Amen. And, yeah. yeah. And honestly, the, the second time around, I, I would say maybe I was a little bit more passionate about the first time than maybe you were. But then the second time, not, not that he wasn't, right? Um, but but the second time around, you were like, no, you know, we got it, you know, the moments where I'm like, I can't do this again. <laughs> this is a lot, you know, because um, we we co-wrote it, but I was kind of the one like orchestrating, putting it all together. She was just the project you know, manager yeah, and I was yeah. the team lead. No, um, you love, know? It, love it, <laughs> but, but you were very yeah. much the second time like, God wants this, you know, we have to stay the course, you know, and, and that yeah. really helped, right? You know, we always talk about how we're a team and you have to work together, you know, mm-hmm. one player's down, the other one has to pick them up and that kind of thing. So... So God, God used it to strengthen our marriage. Definitely, mm-hmm. you know, our marriage grew a lot. But, um, but also, it, it, uh, you know, it's finally out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks be to God. You know, so now God can use it however He wants to use it.
0: <laughs> so, would it be okay if I read a couple excerpts from sure, it, please? So, I'm just going to take samples of uh, two different of these reflections that really stood out to me as as uh, wanting to get this out there to help people understand what it is that they're going to get out of this book. So, this is day 65. Mm-hmm on page 75, says, when things are not appropriately ordered in our marriage and family life, our home will be disordered. God must come first for us, marriage second, children third, and then our job. Our spouse may not demand our time, but our jobs and our children most certainly will. Therefore, we must be purposeful in safeguarding our relationship with our spouse, after our relationship with God. If we allow ourselves to give in to the things that compete for our time and allow our priorities to become disordered, confusion and chaos will ensue. But if we keep order in our priorities, our lives will follow. This is a message every marriage needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every marriage needs to hear that. Mine, I need to hear that. My wife, when I was reading this today, I was just like, this is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it's such a simple idea. It kind of harkens back to some of Jordan Peterson's like, you know, make clean your own room before you go save the world. Like we, we, in every household, it's so easy to get distracted by this priority and that priority and to allow this hierarchy, uh, that, that you're outlining here to get totally jarbled up. Mm-hmm. And, and this is so crucial for us to have peace and for us to have virtue, for us to have healthy marriages, to be healthy individuals. This is huge. Uh, Do you have have any comments on that before I share the second one? Yeah, I I
2: just want to say life gets busy for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we get married, we marry someone because we've fallen in love with them, right? And we believe that they're our soulmate and the person we're going to be with forever. Well, they are our greatest gift, our greatest treasure. And so it would be against just that natural logic, right? To not give our greatest treasure, apart from God, of course, to give our greatest treasure our best time in the day, right? And you're not always going to be able to, you know, give them time, you know, at noon when you're as sharp as a tack, right? It might be later in the evening after you're off from work. But you know, what we've seen as we've talked to other couples and, and even in our own marriage from time to time as we struggle through it, right, is we've got to give each other time. And when we don't do that, when we lose sight the ball, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, then that's when everything literally starts to unravel. You know, know, Kathleen often talks about, you know, 1% of your day is 15 minutes, right? Just giving yourself 15 minutes a day, you know, and and if that's all you can squeeze, you know, 15 minutes is really nothing at at the end of, you know, no pun intended, at the end of the day, (laughs) 15 minutes is nothing. So if you can give your spouse some time and some very focused time, right? And the last thing I'll say, and that is this, you know, intimacy, right? Into me see. Mm-hmm. And each person, whether it's the gentleman or, or the lady, right, we want to feel either loved or respected, right? And so we want our spouse to be able to see into what's important to us. And so even if we're only giving those 15 minutes, um, be sure that it's focused and it's concentrated mm-hmm. and that it's also very um outward looking that you're really asking the questions and you're diving into the heart mm-hmm. or the or, or what's important to your spouse so that they feel loved that they know that they're being heard
0: yes amen that's beautiful um and i would i would even encourage uh maybe to an uncomfortable extent to begin with like really focus on eye contact yeah, yeah. eye contact in the midst of what you're talking mm-hmm. about is is mm-hmm. something we we've really lost Sight of right in yeah. <laughs> so many yeah. puns, yeah. um, but but truly, like, we have a hard time looking at each other when we speak sure. in our current society where it's all down at the screen, right. or right. um, you know, so really just honing on an eye contact mm-hmm. while we're having those concentrated one percent moments, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 Um, so for this next one, this is day 111. I'm not going to read the whole reflection, I'm going to read the prayer at the end, but I'll just kind of summarize the reflection. You talked about, um, you were talking about Saint Teresa and the interior castle and how important it is for us to uh, really cultivate and explore the interior castle and mm-hmm. and to be introspective and and to allow God to do work in us that way. Um, and, and I think it's so valuable because it's, it, what you're getting at, what I took away from day 111 is the importance of us not plateauing, the importance of us not just kind of settling for, well, this is who I am right that god is always working on us right, right. and when either person in a marriage comes to that conclusion of this is who i am and i'm not going to try to be better right truly yeah. objectively painfully sometimes right. like that is a recipe for disaster right yes absolutely and we see that disaster playing out yeah. right, right 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 um and so this reflection on day 111 is is kind of encouraging the reader to to not allow that to happen to to let God keep working in you and and building that interior castle I'll read the prayer here Lord help us continually grow our interior lives and may our souls be sustained by your peace throughout every season of our marriage amen yeah Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen if you want to read the book that the devil did not want written (laughs) and in fact tried to (laughs) unwrite check out simply love by troy and kathleen billings catholic marriage day by day this is truly a beautiful book i love the size of it too it just feels (laughs) it feels just right for what it is um you guys have anything else you want to say about the book
1: yeah i mean it starts each day starts with a quote from scripture or a Mm -hmm. saint so there's a little um you know quote at the top then there's a little reflection based on that scripture or quote from a saint and then there's a prayer and that's the part of the book that I'm most excited about because so many couples struggle to pray together and that can be very uncomfortable, but there's a prayer every day. Um, that's very practical based, right. You know, help me to love my spouse more deeply, help me to deal with the things that, um, you know, drive me nuts. Right. You know, it is, it's, uh, Troy praise, would never, yeah. <laughs> Troy <laughs> would never a you, than you that, But, you know, help me to communicate better, right? <laughs> yeah, help yeah. us with our finances, help whatever, you know, all the practical aspects of living out a healthy, holy marriage um we have prayers in there about right to help couples come together and pray together specifically for their marriage that's every day beautiful. and uh, yeah i think that that will be very fruitful for couples alone you know yes. even separate from the reflections you know and it's quick it doesn't take yeah. a lot of time to do it and that that's great i mean of course you can take more time like if something hits you and you're like oh i want to really talk about this but if you only have a few minutes you know it's not going to take more than a few minutes to invest that little bit of time into growing your marriage, yep, amen. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, just the last dovetail, and that is we wrote it with the busy person in mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so, five minutes tops per daily reflection, and you can invest more as she shared, but otherwise, just to keep it short and to the point, and a chance for the couples to come together, yeah, and it's well
0: written in that, and even keeping it tight like that, you it right. goes perfectly deep it's beautiful yeah yeah uh well guys troy kathleen thank you so much for being here today thank you for your witness to beauty and marriage and and truth and thank you for the work you did twice (laughs) on this book (laughs) thank (laughs) you Nick. your perseverance and your tenacity and and all of those things um it's been a joy to have you here on the show uh know that you have friends here at awaken and in me Um, where can people find you to follow what you're doing? And, um, is the book available everywhere? Amazon? Yeah. It's available everywhere. Yeah. What's like the best place for them to find the book to support the work you're doing?
1: Our Sunday visitor. If you go directly to our Sunday visitor's website, that's the best place. But if uh you
0: need overnight shipping, you can find it on Amazon.
1: (laughs) And if you're
2: in other countries throughout the world, it is in bookstores all
1: over the globe. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. How many languages is it translated into?
1: Um, it's just in English. I think oh, right it's just now. in English. Yeah. But, available but it's available
0: Europe, Asia. So if yeah. you really want your marriage to succeed, you <laughs> translate it yourself. Yeah, That's you right. <laughs> <laughs> is your marriage worth it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Next level. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys are amazing. Um, so our Sunday visitor... And we'll put links to the book on the Our Sunday Visitor uh, store. We'll put an Amazon link as well. We'll we'll link your website. Do you have a website? We'll link all of that, social media. Um, You guys are such a a beautiful couple. Thank you so much for coming out here to Awaken Theater and and doing this with us. Thank Thank you you for having us. It's such a joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support the work we're doing here at Awaken Catholic, then you should check out catholicmerch.store, where you can find what we call the Uber Catholic Mug. Uh, And we have several other products that have the Uber Catholic design on them, but we've got all kinds of really cool, creative, totally original Catholic merch that you should check out at catholicmerch.store. 100% of the proceeds go to Awaken Catholic. Thank you store uh, for supporting us. It's our store. Um, And then finally, uh, I would like to invite you to become a patron of Awaken Catholic to support the work we're doing. We need more patrons. Uh, thank you so much to the people who are currently patrons, uh, but we we need to keep building a solid foundation of what we're doing here at Awaken Catholic, and we need your help to do it. So visit awakencatholic.church/donate or .org/donate. Either one goes to the same place: awakencatholic.org/donate. Um, but before we go, one final thing from the Billings. You guys are doing a pilgrimage.
1: Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, so um, in November of 2024, we're doing a pilgrimage to Italy, and we're—it's called the um, the hills and valleys of marriage, simply Ooh. love, and uh, we will visit different um saints' homes and sites, and and talk about you know building a solid marriage, right, in a virtuous way, like what what virtues did those saints bring to the table that we can emulate in our own marriage. And then the pilgrimage, um, we will, and we will spend some time in Rome also, but the pilgrimage pilgrimage will culminate in the Tuscan region of Italy where the vineyards are. And we will talk about the fruits of marriage. Right. So, so what you put in, right. You, you get yep. out, right. That's you know, beautiful. and, um, so, and we'll have, um, a one day, uh, marriage retreat in Assisi. So that will be beautiful. We are still solidifying which priest will be joining us, uh, but more information on that will be available soon. And we'll be working with Select Tour International or awesome. Select International Tour. <laughs> Select international, international Tour. tours and cruises. Yes, thank technically.
2: You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one one final plea to our listeners. Yes. Pellegrini, facciamo insieme, per favore, un viaggio in Italia.
0: (laughs) What did you say? Uh, Was that like, come be a pilgrim with us in Italy? Let's go to Italy. Let's go to Italy. Let's close. I was in the ballpark. All right, rock on. You guys are amazing. Viewers, listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us and, and joining us on this journey about marriage. Before you go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you. Peace.